Hello, welcome to the Very Worst Seminarian podcast. My name is Michaelin, and I am the host and the content creator of this show. This first episode is to go over why I created this podcast and the biblical text that we'll be covering during the course of this season. So, you may be wondering about the title, and quite honestly, that's something that I wondered about too. You see, I am a seminary student at Candler School of Theology at Emory University. I'm getting my Master in Divinity, but I have a Bachelor's in Public Policy and a Bachelor's in Religion from Mercer. When I came to seminary, I thought that I was going to become a military chaplain or a pastor of some sort. However, I soon discovered that because of my heart and who I am, I am not built for the ministry. Um, I find my passion in doing nonprofit work. I find my passion in hearing the stories and narratives that have shaped the people around us, the cultures around us, and the society around us. And so I ended up at the beginning of this past year, 2021, not really understanding why I came to seminary in the first place. If I wasn't going to become a pastor, if I wasn't going to become a chaplain, or I wasn't going to get my PhD and become a professor of some sort, what was I going to do? Where did I fit in ministry? And so there were many moments that I felt like the very worst seminary student. Because I just had no idea what I wanted to do with my life once I finished seminary. I felt like I was flailing and and had no place to land. But at the beginning of this fall semester, I had the opportunity to intern with an incredible organization called the Georgia Interfaith Public Policy Center under the mentorship and leadership of Dr. Brenda Smith. And it was through that that I found my place in ministry and I'm continuing to find that place that I belong. And that place is, is in public theology and a lot of people don't know a lot about public theology because it's not well talked about. And so public theology or public theologians, really, we are people who often have seminary degrees, who work in other spaces in the world. So we're not working in churches and we're not working in the chaplaincy, but instead we are often working as politicians, as nonprofit organizers and directors and CEOs and volunteers. 
we're working to create a better world. We're working to create what many of us in seminary would call the beloved community. And and that community is a community that is created purposefully. And it's driven by the intent and knowledge that all humans, no matter what their belief system is, no matter what their race is, no matter what their ethnicity is, no matter what their culture is, no matter what their sexuality is, is that they belong and that they are the face of God. It comes from the intrinsic knowledge that many of us have that we are all human and we are all loved by a God who we cannot see. And so it becomes our job as neighbors to love one another as God has loved us. And so public theologians, everything that we do, all the work that we do, it is driven by that theological principle and concept. So I started this podcast really as a point of self-discovery and as a way to talk to people who belong in different communities to understand what the biblical text means for different communities and what it means to live within these communities, particularly communities that have been marginalized and oppressed by systems of power. And so throughout this podcast, we will use a biblical text to talk about the empire narrative that has continued to control the West. And we will talk about racism and we will talk about white privilege and we will talk about homophobia and we will talk about the rights of those and the voices of those and working to lift up those voices that have not been heard in media. They have not been given a voice by the church. And their voices need to be heard in public discourse. So, the reason this podcast is called The Very Worst Seminarian is because I am am not necessarily what you would consider your traditional seminary student. And there are many moments that I feel like I don't belong. And I know that, that I'm not alone in this. You know, being a woman who identifies as queer in the church was already hard enough. Um... But then when you start identifying yourself as a public theologian, you find it hard to find places and spaces where you fit. So this podcast, I hope, can provide that space for people who feel like they don't fit, for people who feel like they're still trying to find a place in the world and and a place to do good in the world 
place to love people deeply and understanding that that love has to take action and that love can't just be words but that love must produce action that makes the person's life that we love better the community's life better it cannot be words and so public theologians that's what we're called to do and so this podcast is is also a practice in biblical translation in public theology and learning how to use biblical text to reframe them so that they can provide power and they can provide spaces for people who have been marginalized and oppressed to come together and reorient power dynamics. And so throughout this podcast, we will hear from a Palestinian reverend. We will hear from professors. We will hear from legislators. We will hear from activists. And we will also hear from other students like myself. Because there are so many experiences that need to be heard and narratives that need to be told because it's the narrative. It's the story of people's lives that makes us want to change the world. And so this podcast, hopefully, will provide people the chance to hear not only some biblical information about biblical text and translation, but it will allow people to hear how the Bible, the, the, the Old Testament and the New Testament of Christian text can be used to love people, to take action, and to reorient power dynamics so that those whose voices have been cut off, have not been allowed to be heard, have not been lifted up, can be lifted up. And so the very first text that we are going to go into is going to be the story of Jephthah's daughter, which is found in Judges eleven twenty nine through 40. And the reason that I originally chose this text was one because it was required for a course and I figured that this would be a really great place to talk about this text and what it means and two because it's been a text that I've had to struggle with for a really long time you see Jephthah was not a great dad I mean, you could probably say he was one of the worst. He was selfish. He was narcissistic. And he sacrificed the person who loved him most, his daughter. But instead of focusing on Jephthah, which a lot of traditional and conservative theology would do, For this series, we're focusing on the daughter because it's her voice that is integral and important into how we understand what it means to lament and mourn the memory of somebody 
whose life was not lived, was not allowed to be lived because it was taken. And so the the very short summary of the story of Jephthah is that he was a judge and he was a judge who was driven away by his family at first because he was considered to be an illegitimate son. So his brothers, the elders of, of Gideon, they drove him away. But when they needed him to defeat the Ammonites, they came back to him. And they asked him to to lead. And by this time, Jephthah had a a whole family. But Jephthah agreed, but he, he, he gave them conditions. And he said that, well, and this is just a, a paraphrasing, but Jephthah responded by giving them the condition that if he won, he would become the leader of the Gideonites, effectively becoming a judge of Israel. So the brothers agree, and Jephthah goes off to fight the Ammonites, but Right before he goes off to fight the Ammonites, he makes a very foolish and confounding vow. And this vow is what dooms his daughter. And and Jephthah says to God, the first thing that comes out of my house, if if you let me win this battle... I will sacrifice the first person, animal, whatever that comes out to greet me. So Jephthah ends up defeating the Ammonites. Now, mind you, God is silent during this entire chapter. Doesn't talk to Jephthah. We don't hear Yahweh's voice at all. Jephthah defeats the Ammonites, comes home. And this is the hardest part of the story, I think. His his daughter comes out dancing with timbrels. She's greeting her father who's just come back from war. Her father who has just successfully defeated the Ammonites. She's coming out to celebrate. And tradition would have it that this is what she would do, that she would be, either her or her mother would have been the first people to come out of the house to greet Jephthah because it was the job of women to celebrate and or to mourn. And in this instance, it was to celebrate. So some part of Jephthah, when he made the vow to God prior to going into battle with the Ammonites, he would have had to know that his daughter would be the first one to come out or his wife. And both are equally hard to justify. And so the daughter, 
she comes out and she's dancing and, and she looks at her father and Jephthah's response to her is to victim shame and blame her for coming out to him. He basically says to her, you have become my downfall. But then we remember it was Jephthah who made the foolish vow And the text doesn't tell us whether or not the daughter had any idea about this vow. So she may have not known. And so she comes out to celebrate with her father. But yet she is the one who is responsible for what will be her death. And so Jephthah tells his daughter the vow that he has made and she doesn't scream, she doesn't cry, she doesn't negotiate. She responds with the same language that he told her about the vow with and basically says, let whatever you promised Yahweh be done to me. You made this vow, so don't break it. However, she does ask her father for this one request. She asked him to allow her to go away for two months with her companions so that she can mourn and lament the life that she will never get to live. So her father, Jephthah, he agrees. So the daughter goes with her companions into the wilderness, into the mountains. And after two months, she returns. And then she's sacrificed. Yahweh doesn't come to save her like Yahweh did with Isaac. Jephthah doesn't change his mind. He's got too much pride. And the daughter, steadfast in her grace and mercy and her faithfulness, is sacrificed on the altar of a faithless father however while the ending of the story is hard there's something beautiful at the very very end of of this portion of the text and the text tells us that her memory was celebrated, lamented, and mourned four days out of every year by first her companions and then the entire women of Israel.
So all the women of Israel came out to mourn Jephthah's daughter for four days. And I found that extremely powerful that in this moment, at that time, the daughter is remembered. The daughter's not remembered for her death, but her life, her willingness to sacrifice herself. And I think that there's a big part of who we are as women that understand what it means to remember for our communities, to remember for our families. I think that it's still very true that women in many different cultures are responsible for the mourning and lamenting, the celebrating of the lives of those that they love. And so this series covers and uses the story of remembrance, not necessarily the the death of Jephthah's daughter, but the story of how she was remembered and how that remembrance became more powerful than the figure of Jephthah himself, who's remembered as being a bad judge, but it is the daughter who's remembered for her willingness to be sacrificed. It's the daughter who is remembered for her grace When she could have fled or ran away, she didn't. When she could have begged her father, pleaded, she did not, even though she had every right to. Instead, she stood her ground and knew that the only way for her to gain and regain her agency from her father was to go away for two months with her companions and then to come back and have her life sacrificed. But it was during those two months, I believe, that 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 was really solidified her memory in her companions' minds, that they knew that they had to remember Jephthah's daughter. And so this series really is going to study how lament and memory and celebration in communities that have been oppressed and marginalized, how those things, how they can reorient and shift power dynamics in the empire's narrative. 
how mourning and lament and celebration give voice to the voiceless. And so I hope that through this episode, you've learned a little bit about the biblical text that we're studying, and and I definitely implore you to please research on your own because it is so important that we understand the text that we are discussing and reading. And I hope that you continue to listen because I am so excited about being the one who who gets to host and celebrate all the voices that are going to be invited to the table. And that's really, I guess, what this podcast is about. It's about bringing every voice that we possibly can to the table and having them in conversation with one another. Because that's how we create the beloved, purpose-driven community. And that's how we ultimately learn from one another and are able to see the face of God in one another. So we know each other's stories and our experiences that we are able to empathize with the deeply held knowledge that we are all so human but that we were also created and given life by the breath of God so every week there will be a new speaker and it will air every Sunday morning for the next six weeks and I hope that through this conversation you are able to also hear your voice given a space at the table of the community of the beloved and if you could after each episode you could rate and review so I know how we're doing and be honest with your opinions of how the podcast is going because that's the only way that I can also be in conversation with each one of you our listeners and so thank you for giving me this opportunity And I hope that you listen to episode two, which will be airing at the same time as this introductory episode. And I hope that you continue to listen and that you continue to be okay with not necessarily fitting in the box. Lastly, may you go with peace May you go with love. May you go with compassion. And may you go with the knowledge that you are loved, you are held, and that there are people who care about you and who you are in the process of becoming.
I hope you have a wonderful day, evening, morning, or afternoon. And that you continue to listen. Blessings. Blessings.